With the sixth pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Hold that thought because five is not out of sight, Leah. Five is not out of sight. There yeah. you go. Coyotes lose their seventh straight and uh, continue to plummet in the standings. And we're here to talk about it. Thanks so much for tuning in to the PH Dunks Coyotes post-game show. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Craig. We have... Damon Dog behind the Mac today. <laughs> Danielle is in Cooperstown. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Um, who wants to start us off with their like initial Craig. thoughts? Like oh, He's got thoughts. thoughts in the game. Yeah. At what point did you guys tune out? <laughs> it, it didn't take long. <laughs> yeah, it, did. it really didn't. And then they, they score a goal. Oh, it's disallowed. Of course it's disallowed. And yeah. listen, like my good buddy, Mike Rousseau, uh, uh, obvious interference call. And I'm like, really? I mean, that was a 50-50 interference call at best. I don't understand the rule at all. I, I can never predict what they're going to call. But it just felt like if that was going to happen to one team on the ice tonight, it was absolutely going to be the Coyotes. They did get within the goal. But honestly, I never thought that they were going to tie this game. I just – I don't see – the belief in this team anymore. I don't see the fight in a lot of these guys. They've lost seven straight games. As I mentioned in my tweet, they are two games under 500 for the first time all season. It's over. We need to start talking about the lottery, the future, because once again, that's all we got. Yeah, you know what? I don't know where the positives were here. I, I try to find the silver lining and all the positives. The first period stunk. They were they got outshot twenty to seven in the first period. Um, eh? There, was, I'll give you the, the the where the game kind of turned for me. And and and, I, and I'm kind of trying to decide how I feel about it. Is when they they the fans have been clamoring for Barrett Hayton, and I've seen it on Twitter and instant. Barrett Hayton, get Barrett Hayton back up there. Finally, they did. They did. Coach Journey put. Barrett Hayton up front. And honestly, it got better. And all four lines got better. And and so my question is, how can that one player spur such an, an onslaught of positivity throughout the lineup? Like where were Schmaltz and Keller? They couldn't play with McBain? Like I I I I'm glad that the Hayton switch worked. Great. And now we're gonna see Hayton there. He, he was really good, but and he picked up his game. I don't know what it was that Everybody just seemed to play better when Barrett Hayton went on the top line. And I mean, every line was affected. Even Kraus, Bukestad, and Michelli, which was together the entire game, played better when that shift happened. Um, so I thought from that point to, through the end of the period, I thought they were better. I really thought there was a positive. Barrett Hayton did exactly what he was supposed to do. And then he gets, you know, the second shift that they put him together, he gets the goal. But, 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 but then he doesn't. So that's my bright spot. That was it. <laughs> and that's it. And now we'll just be negative for the rest of the show. Um, so let's get started with the numbers in this one presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. Let's take a look. Oh, boy. Boy, howdy, as PD would say. Shots on goal, 43 to 26, Minnesota. After the first period, the shots were 20 to 7, Minnesota, which is the most shots allowed by the Coyotes in a first period this season. Unreal. 
Minnesota one for five on the power play. Coyotes zero for three. The Coyotes power play. Sometimes I just wish you could decline the penalty and say, "Oh, never mind. We'll just take some other advantage." Um, and shot attempts. Minnesota seventy three. The Coyotes sixty nine. Nice. <laughs> That's your only comment. Great analysis. Yeah, I, I, I the, what do you say? The, luckily, that the, the I thought the Minnesota power play looked really sharp tonight. I thought they, they, yeah, one for five wasn't fair for what they did uh, on their effort tonight. I thought they had great looks. I thought they had great plays. I thought Boldy was great. You know who was outstanding tonight? And and Craig and I were texting about this player earlier. It was Brock Faber? Oof. Yeah. Wow. That kid can play. I don't, did he have any points tonight? I uh, didn't if he got on the score sheet tonight. He came in tonight. Not. I know Connor Bedard's obviously been out a while, but Brock Faber came in, in tonight's game tied with Connor Bedard for the rookie lead in points. Connor Bedard's been out a while. There's not a lot of games left. Brock Faber is a defenseman, and he's impacting the game at the defensive end as much or arguably more than he is at the offensive end. He's a hell of a player. Like, if Connor Bedard get, doesn't get back and get it together soon, he, he has some competition for the Calder Trophy because Brock Faber looked unbelievable. And he's had a lot of impact on this team. This kid, he had nine attempts at the net, five shots on goal. Do you know who else had five shots on goal tonight? Uh, I guess there were two guys. Kaprizov had eight and Zuccarello had five. No Coyotes had that many. You know how much ice time he had? According to NHL stats, 27 minutes, 14 seconds. That's five minutes longer than any other player on either team. Yeah, and, he earned it. and I think he's I think he's averaging like 24 plus. Good on Lord. He's, 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 he, he was exceptional. Yeah. And, exceptional. And, and to be able to impact the game at the defensive end so much at such a young age, I'm really impressed with him. Yeah, he he was he was exceptional, and you watch how he defended, and how good his stick was, and how good he was in the battles in the corner, and how he jumped in the play. Best player on the ice. I, I the kid impressed the hell out of me. You just yeah. know it was a bad Coyotes performance when we spend five, five minutes, minutes talking about a, one player on another team. Rob, <laughs> on the other team. You've got that desert dog. <laughs> we could have. Why didn't we do that? He was really good. And, and and here here we said this before we're switching gears. Like this is get now we're back into the last two seasons. This is a positive. They just got closer in the draft, but they're not going to the playoffs. Like are you your mind? They're nowhere near the playoffs. Now it's about draft picks. And they just picked up a draft pick spot today. So mm-hmm. it's a positive. I don't I don't know what you do with this team. I don't know where you really go other than trade deadlines a few weeks away. Yeah. Tear it up. The the mood in this room and the mood at the rink and the mood everywhere is really, really difficult. And you could see it today that like Craig said the word belief. I think the belief is gone. Yeah. They're, they're just they're they're waiting for the trade deadline and then they're waiting for the end of the season. Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? That's yeah. that's that's troubling. And listen, I know there's a lot swirling around this team. There's a lot. And 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 it's not even fair for me to say, oh, you gotta block that out. I don't I don't believe that that's even possible when things are as crazy as they are around the Coyotes right now. But I mean, as a coaching staff, as a management staff, when you're watching this, you got to have questions about certain guys, right? Well, there's, there's the the problem is there's the issue between losing because of the lack of talent and then losing because there's no fight. And like you see the Chicago, this year's Chicago Blackhawks team play. Like that's a team that's just like, not good they they're not good on paper they they lose games because you look at that roster and no offense but that's not a good roster 
this Coyotes team, we've seen it. This is the exact same makeup of the team that was defeating all of the Stanley Cup winners in a row. Like the, that's the frustrating part is we've seen glimpses from this team and may, and nobody's sitting here saying that this team, maybe even before the season started, I don't think anyone necessarily looked at this team and said, oh, this is for sure a playoff team. I think people, a few people predicted that it could be a surprise playoff team or a bubble team. Um, but it, it's just the fact that we know that they're, they're capable. So all of a sudden this switch flips it's almost like the calendar turned into the year 2024 and something changed and you're just seeing either a lack of effort or just a regression to the mean or whatever it is I mean you had Michael Carcone going off in the beginning of the season leading the team in goals and now he's healthy scratched every night you had the goalies putting on stellar performances and now they're not you know it's just these these little things and it chips away and it's just you know it's just upsetting i think i i need to throw something in here but because i just got information on connor ingram and it's not good he's gonna be out seven to ten days so wow they just lost their starting goalie for a significant chunk of time but thanks in full effect oh lord yeah at least you only play carolina colorado and edmonton on a back-to-back and then toronto winnipeg in that seven to ten day stretch, so oh, my God, what do you get? You, what do you do with the back to back? Is is Vialta come up then? I, I mean, I guess that's that's really their option. But do you want to disrupt his flow down? The, that's the thing. That's the problem, right? What do you do? I, I don't. I, I don't, don't know. See, I don't know what they do because yeah, you'll really really disrupt Tucson if you do that. Yeah, and it's coming into a weekend that are very important games for the Tucson Roadrunners. Like it, uh, they need. The, they need the wins like they need the points and i i don't know if you you call up matt vialta to sit on the bench up here does that make sense but then you, somebody's gonna have to play this is something we'll have to address tomorrow we'll, we'll take a deeper dive into the goalie situation it's honestly not good like it, clearly it's a it's a big problem and again i hate to say it i think we we called it last game if they didn't get two wins on this road trip but but now that seven straight like seven straight yeah Oof. That's that's tough. I, I I don't know how this team. The problem is when you when you're sitting in the coach's room now and you've lost seven straight. I, it's hard to find answers to pull teams out of this. Like, remember that start that with Rick Tockett that year where they had oh, setting gosh, the yes. record. Like it was, you just could continue to find ways to lose, and I, and I think that's where this team is. I think they're they're just continuing to find ways to lose. Hmm. And you know what, uh, again, just one thing about the goalie situation is the Coyotes play a back-to-back Sunday, Monday. So someone's getting, would you pick your poison, Colorado or Edmonton? Woo! I'm I'm, I'm signing a goalie. I'm not disrupting Tucson. I'm signing somebody just to to get a, a body to serve as your backup for the rest of the season, not the rest of the season for the next couple of weeks. I that's, that's just not a good situation to throw Tucson into as well. They only honestly only have one goaltender down there. I mean, they've got a guy out of the AHL contract and Anson Thornton is now in the ECHL. So this is a really, really tough situation for the Titans the rest of the season. Yeah. Craig, and I know we're, we're going to play GM here right now. Do you call up Anthony, Anson Thornton? Do you put him on the bench for a couple of games and throw him to the Wolves on one of the games Sunday, Monday? Maybe. Maybe that's what And And I don't want to be a dick here, but does it matter? Like, nope. honestly, does it matter at this point? 
like the, the the chances of the playoffs were gone probably 10 days ago and we've tried to hang on and, and be positive as we could they the playoffs are gone like this team they're out they 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 are closer to the bottom than they are the playoff double line so i, I hate to say it but does it matter and what's more important to having the success in tucson and seeing those guys make a run at the calder cup and having a a chance at finishing first overall in the Pacific or having their starting goalie come sit on the bench up here. I don't know. It, it'd be something we'll address tomorrow. I'm sure we'll see somebody get called up uh, by the end of the day today. So we'll know. And, and more than likely it'll be Matt Vialta because it just has to be because there really just isn't anybody else. So mm. it probably will be Matt Vialta. I feel for them. I feel for them. Wow. Oh, boy. okay. Well, this has been really tragic what so happened? far. I don't know. I don't know. Leah, what happened? Why is it like this now? Why why did why did it turn so quickly? Yeah, yeah. January first, we were still like maybe. Well, like Lee was getting on a plane to go to the All Star game. We're going well, maybe after the All Star, like they turn it yeah, around. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough stretch up until that road trip to the Southeast. Um, even before then, it was tough, and then it got. I mean, that's when the losing streak started. I think you have to mention the fact that on that day the losing streak began was the day that the smith group issued their desire for an expansion team um and since then the coyotes have been oh six and one so i don't know if that's a direct line but you have to imagine that would play some sort of a factor it would have to yeah and pd you were around it you were in the room i just it's it's again it's easy for us to say oh you got to block that stuff out but like even those teams back then that were dealing with this, the Tippett teams, they were successful teams. They were in the middle of a rebuild as well while they were dealing with those rumors. Those those were playoff teams. And you had the other side of that is you had unbelievable leadership, unbelievable veterans yeah. in that room that could help shepherd them through that process. Are yeah. we seeing leadership, PD, or are we seeing a vacuum of leadership right now on this team? I, I think a couple things. One, I think, is this weighing heavily on everyone inside that that locker room? The answer is yes. And that's from staff. That's from coaches. That's from players. The answer is yes. And, and whether it should or shouldn't can be debated. And are they professional athletes and it shouldn't affect them? You, you can argue that if you want. But the reality is it's affecting them. It really is. And it's, it gets to start to question is it, they start to question their ownership group. They start to question the franchise. You mm -hmm. made so many questions. Now you start looking around your family and how it affects me personally. It's weighing heavily on them. And then what it does is you start pointing fingers at other people because you're so frustrated and so angry that it makes the room fall apart. And to your point, Craig, Shane Doan's not in that room anymore. Shane Doan can't go there and go, hey, guys, let's pull this together. Shane Doan's not there to lead this group through the muck and the mire that he did for, for nearly 15 years. And, and I think, yeah, that's a big deal. You, you, even We talk about Clayton Keller and Lawson Krause right now. They're, they're 24, 25-year-old kids still. They're not, they're not battle-tested, weathered captains in the National Hockey League like Shane Doan was. I think it was different. I think, it, I think that definitely had a huge impact that you could turn to Shane Doan and Shane Doan could quiet the waters. He just When Shane Doan spoke in that room, he just believed him. You know, everything's going to be okay. And Shane Doan, you know what? Shane Doan would have been in the owner's door. Shane Doan would have been calling the owner. Shane Doan would have been in the coach's room. Shane Doan would have been in the GM's room yeah. because they, he would have been the voice. And I don't know if any players even know that, gosh, can we call the owner? I don't right. know, drive his phone that's number. Fair. That's fair. That's that's an interesting point. Can you even access the owner? You know who else Shane Doe could call? He could call Gary Batman. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's different. 
it, it really is different. And, I, and, I, and I'm afraid that this is one of the vacuums of leadership that this team has. And, and hey, I'm not knocking it. It's just the reality. It's a younger team. This is a really young hockey team that they're still trying to find their way. And, and this needs to be resolved. The, the fact is, we can push it to the side even on this show, but the fact is, it's got to get resolved. If that doesn't get resolved, the, the, the show will cease to exist. I mean, it's, there's so the players are all moving and we won't talk hockey anymore. So it has to get resolved. And, and, the, and the ball is clearly in Alex Morello Sr.'s court. And until he addresses either the media, the team, or, or he writes a check for the land at the 101 in Scottsdale, this is kind of going to be what, what I think we're going to have to deal with for the next 30 games I mean, i'm afraid this is it's only going to get worse okay well let's press pause on the negativity for a few seconds and i'm going to ask each of you this if i gave you right now two hundred dollars oh my goodness what would you do with it you have one hour to spend it what are you doing how much would that would buy me in land for, in state trust land <laughs> could, yeah, could we put it in state trust Not land much. <laughs> okay no, I'm going to buy a nice dinner for all my stat, my friends at PHNX, like a going away dinner, as it were. Go, what? Oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? I can't say that. Uh, oh Leo, where am I getting my extra $200 from? Well, if you sign up and open a free checking account online at Desert Financial Credit Union, you get $200 in bonuses. So if you're just thinking an extra $200, I can get that? Yes, you absolutely can. Desert Financial Credit Union, Craig Banks there. We all know Bougie Craig Banks at Desert Financial Credit Union. And like I said, when you open a free checking account online, get $200 in bonuses. It's super easy to get started. All you have to do is visit desertfinancial.com slash 200. Well, and you know what else, Leah? It's Valentine's Day. And what was my present to my wife? Was it flowers? No. She's allergic. Candy? No. We're still cl too close to that New Year's resolutions cards. I know they end up in the garbage. What did I buy her? And this is true. And Damon Dog has the proof. I bought my wife Arizona Lottery Scratchers. And they took half an hour after dinner, and we won $35. Let's go. And that's the 100% truth. And there they all are. If Damon's got the picture up, I don't know because I'm reading. The Arizona Lottery is introducing a unique new ticket promotion called Arizona Adventure. There are three ways to win. One, buy the Arizona Lottery tickets featuring three iconic landscapes. Two, check in geolocated adventures at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma. All you have to do is visit www.azadventure.com for details and directions. Check in at the destination coordinates on the website or take your tickets and enter them online for a chance to win a million dollars in cash and Arizona travel prizes. The Arizona Lottery is not just about playing games and winning prizes. It is also about giving back to the state and its communities. Visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure for a chance to win one million dollars in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Wow, that's a, that's a really good gift. It was Petey. fun. We had a blast. And by the way, shout out, shout out to the Arizona Lottery. It's not like the old days where you just, just hurriedly scratch. Like there are rules. There's directions. It's a like, game. It's fun. It's a game. It, 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 that is a game. And that's what we won on one of the big games. It was a, it was a $5 ticket and we won 35 bucks on it. And so we that's were kind awesome. of excited. It was very fun. So go get your scratchers. And if you screwed up and forgot Valentine's Day, what better way to make up with it instead of buying 50% off flowers? Go get some Arizona lottery tickets. Because if your partner scratches like five grand, you trust me, you're out of the doghouse. You know what I gave Tara for Valentine's Day? Oh my God. The flu. 
<laughs> Listen, the PHNX Coyotes beat is down for the count <laughs> lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gave her the flu for that's funny. Oh, Craig. No, You're funny. You did not lose your wit and charm in your illness. On drugs, buddy. I'm just getting warmed up. Oh god, yeah. I'm scared. Let's keep let's keep the positivity alive. We do have a desert dog in him tonight. Originally, Connor Ingram was in strong contention, but Logan he Cooley um, scored an uh, amazing goal. That was a really cool goal, by the way, by him. Um, so Logan Cooley, he has that desert dog in him with his goal tonight. Um, but Connor Ingram, he took himself out of the running when he didn't return for the third period. Unfortunately, he had 28 saves on 30 shots. So he made, including a huge save earlier in the game, but because he was, didn't play the full game, Logan Cooley for his highlight real goal gets the dog. Good for him. It's a good goal. I thought that line looked better with McBain on it too. And I thought that that's part of the things where we talked about moving Hayden up with those other two guys. I thought may, when they move McBain down, Cooley got a little jump. And I don't know what precipitated that, but I thought they looked better. And Cooley, it's a big goal. And and, and one of the one of the knocks against our other desert dog tonight, Brock Faber, is is the reason that puck goes in is because his stick gets in the way of Logan Cooley and shortens up his backswing and 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 allowed Mark Andre Fleury to misread that play. But I thought I thought Cooley looked good and and good good on him. Um, he ends up even for the day, and um, I think it was a good game. And hopefully these are some of the bright spots we'll be talking about over the next 30 games. Amen. It's Gunther and Cooley. Amen. Yeah. Um, that, that's all That's all the bright spots I had. Any, anybody got that's any it. more? That, that was it. Um, can't say <laughs> we didn't spots. get penalties because that wasn't it. Yeah. The Coyotes, they took a bajillion penalties. They have 18 penalties in their last three games. Yikes. That's tough. There's been a lot of criticism tonight in the chat about Nick Schmaltz. There's yeah. also been a lot of criticism tonight in the chat and in our Discord about Andre Turney as well, yeah. which is unfamiliar territory yeah, for strange that he's for, taking a little heat. Yeah, for Bear, I think. But, but, and what's 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 driving that narrative? I, I we've talked about Nick Schmaltz a lot. I, I I've talked about Nick Schmaltz at nauseum. I think Nick Schmaltz is a really good hockey player. I think Nick Schmaltz could be a very good hockey player. I think he could be one of the offensive leaders of this team, and I think it could be in in the top 30, 40 players in this league if he put his mind to it and was consistently putting an effort in every time he touched the ice. And I don't think he does. I think you see glimpses of it once every three games. And you go, oh wow! And, and today, you know when he put in the put in the work today when he when he moved his feet today when he took the penalty, he he finally got a little fired up and he chased the player down. He hooked him about three times, took the hooking penalty. But at least you saw some passion. You, yeah, you saw yeah. some drive. And the only other time you see it from time you see it from him is on the power play. And then he hit you the see post him. in the yep. last comes minute. Comes alive on the power play. I don't know what it is. I I, I, I want to like the player. I really, really, really do because I think he can help. But it's it's just so inconsistent for me. Sorry. Curious what they're going to do with him with the trade deadline. I really am. He's about to turn – he turns 28 this month. Curious to yeah. see what they do with Nick Schmaltz. If there's still value um, like there was last season. He was a hot topic last year. Really curious about and that. I'm curious. Well, uh, what were you going to say, Peter? I'm just going to say if 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 – Phil Kessel can sign a contract in this league, then yes, Nick Schmoltz can be a useful. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. Let's hold that. Um, okay, now I mentioned Bear, so now the chat is flooding with comments about him. Um, 
Shelby saying lack of leadership is on bear. Dave saying the same lineup and deep pairings is on bear. The team not competing or showing up to play is on bear. Your thoughts. I want to talk to Andre about this. I, I obviously would have been out there earlier if I didn't think I was going to infect the entire team and, and make things worse. I'm, I'm or sure. would it make things better? <laughs> yeah, if... they would have been more focused than they were tonight. Um, I do want to talk to him about the criticism because it is it, it is a change. Like the first two years yeah. were the honeymoon phase for Andre Turner. You got a free pass because, well, this roster is terrible. You're supposed to be losing. And then they added a few free agents in the offseason and – probably started out better than this team actually is and set expectations that were unrealistic for what this team was going to be the rest of the season. So now he's facing criticism. I still think this roster is deeply flawed. I don't think this is a very good team. This is definitely not a playoff team. At best, it's a 500 team. There are things that we can look at with Andre Turini, though, and say, why do you keep doing this? Why was, you know, we've talked about the the issues with Liam O'Brien. We've talked about the way they defend things like that in their systems where, where we don't get it. It's not working. Maybe you don't have the personnel for this system. It's at least worth questioning and hearing what he has to say about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is surprising, though, how it went to he could do no wrong and he's going to take the Maple Leaf job with Shane Doan pulling him away from the team. We better lock him up for a few years, too. Gosh, I'm not so sure. And 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 the only thing that changes was the expectations. And this team is still the, one of the lowest salary teams, if not the lowest actual payroll, depending on long-term um, injury, yep. et cetera, et cetera. But, but so when we say this, this is a team that's not constructed to make the playoffs. This is a 500 team. That's the way it was built. That's the way it's designed. I'm sorry that that people don't don't like it, but it's reality. This isn't a playoff team. It isn't. And I, I think the general manager, the coach, and the players would have admitted that. I know all the players thought, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. But really, like when you look around the teams that are making the playoffs this year, this just isn't. They're, they're not in the same league as those teams right now. No. So I think the bar was set unreasonably high for Andre Chernier. But when the same mistakes continue to happen, i.e., we talked about the penalties and the discipline and the penalties, and now you're seeing him react differently on the bench. And he's getting hot on the bench. That's something he didn't traditionally do when they took penalties. And I don't know if that's if that if he's vehemently yelling at the referees or if that's at the players. I, it looks to me it's directed at the officials. So he's frustrated. I know he's in a different spot emotionally than he's been with this team. You could see it today after the morning skate when we were talking to him after practice. But he's frustrated. And the frustration is absolutely there. And it's it's hard from a coaching staff to say, okay, we'll just turn it on. We're going to come out and win tomorrow. I, I don't know exactly how you do that. And you talk about line pairs. What the hell is he supposed to do? Like, okay, he moved Hayton. Like, there's, like Patrice Bergeron's not coming tomorrow. Yeah. And we knew Hayton was going to jump up in the lineup after he got a few games yes, under his head. That was the long. It made sense that he did jump up. And he did. Yeah. He did. So I don't know who who can you inject in the lineup. There's there's nobody that the healthy scratches. Carconi and Carconi. Hey, I he was hot and I really like Carconi at one point. But but again, he's not going to inject. This, he can't carry this team on his back to a victory. Like so I don't know what you do to the lines in the lineup. I don't, I don't know if that's fair. I, I just don't know if the personnel is there to change. Who are the game changers on this team? Yeah, this game it's, it's supposed to be Clayton Keller. Who who are the game changers on this team that you? Yeah, can I, teams? like. Keller's the closest thing you have. Yep. And I don't know if I'd consider him. But I guess when we saw him with Matthews and we, we see him as a four-time All-Star, it's Clayton Keller. Yeah. And that's probably it. Logan Cooley in two or three years. Yeah, not now. Not now. Dylan Gunther, not now. No. 
Who Not who now. is a first line player among the forward group? Clayton Keller. That's it. Who yeah. is a top pair defenseman on their their blue line? Nobody. Yeah, I don't know if why do one. people have the expectations they do. Yeah. Why? This isn't that good a team. It just isn't. Because they gave us a glimmer of hope. So yeah, they it. were in the playoff. They were in a wild card spot for so long. Yeah. yeah. And so you you get you get stuck on that hope. And then reality sets in. But for 40 games, I mean, this was a wild card team. So I understand why people got stuck on that. Just like people got stuck on the all-star break deadline for the arena announcement, Craig. It's because yep. it's what they heard and that's what they knew. And now it was hard for them to let go. It, it's just like human psychology, you know? So I'll defend those people because no, I, I, I definitely agree. got in, in just, that mindset too, but, I think, at some point. But, we did a whole show on how they could make the playoffs. So. But back yeah. to the very thing, though. It, it, it's going to like when you when you segment the season, and we hear this from every player, every coach, every GM, the games ramp up. The games get tougher as you go along, and that's when you really find out who the good teams. There are a lot of teams that get off to good starts that aren't necessarily that good. It happens all the time in the NHL. This time of year and beyond is when you find out who the really good teams are. Yeah, it's true. It's Yeah, it's totally true. I mean, when you see teams like – florida running over teams left and right you say okay that's what a playoff team looks like that's totally fair and i think now this this tough stretch since the all-star break has been that realization that this is not a playoff team so yeah i think we're we're getting there but i can i i understand why it's been a tough pillow for a lot of coyotes fans to swallow especially with all the off-ice stuff going on because you just everything was so positive to start off and now it's all so negative all at once and that's really frustrating yeah i just it's it's with the expectations they were unrealistic expectations that's what i would say i don't think you got a good read a a realistic read of the team if you thought oh my god this team can be this team all season i just i I think that's fool's gold sorry yeah i and i agree craig but i I think for the rest of this season for 30 games i still think bear gets a free pass sorry for the rest of the season yeah I mean, yeah. I, I don't know until the arena thing gets resolved. And I, I think that you can sh- scratch that excuse off the list. One thing that that I remember a coach, I, I don't remember which head coach said it is, and he told the owner is we we need to eliminate all of the excuses. So if they're saying, well, we don't get catered breakfast, well, then give them catered breakfast. And we don't have a chef, get him a chef. And he said, don't let them make excuses. Then it's on them. And right now it's too easy to make excuses. It's too easy to say it's the rink. We don't know where we're living. Oh, the ownership hasn't committed to building us a rink. The the PA is against us and thinks we're a joke. Like It's too easy. There's too many excuses. If you were to point at Andre, though, PD, as a coach, like you've talked about the way they defend, for instance, yeah. are there areas where he needs to reexamine himself and the approach of the staff to maybe tweak some things to the personnel that they have or even admit, hey, maybe I'm not doing this particularly well or correctly. One of the things I've I've had a problem with since day one with Andre Turney, and that's the defensive zone system. And you know, I want to preface this by saying I, I talk on a podcast. He's a head coach in the National Hockey League. His opinion matters. The difference is I've been in an NHL coaching room for 20 years. I've heard coaches and I've seen coaches' game plans. And I I came from a school, even from my dad, my dad who coached college for 40 years, my, my dad defended first. It was always defend first. You don't win championships without defending. 
And I, then I, I had um, Dave Tippett, who I credit a lot of that to defend first. And if you don't have a team that can score, you sure as hell better defend. If you don't have offense, then you defend first. And, and, and I think that, that that just got ingrained in me. So when I watch these Coyotes play, I have a frustration level when they don't defend the front of the net. And, and I think they gave up too many quality opportunities from the top of the circles in. And I think they've done that for three seasons. And, and I know... It's, it's Bears system. He wants to attack the puck. He's a swarming defensive guy. He wants guys on the puck. He wants to double up quick on the pucks. I understand the system. I know what he's trying to accomplish, but it's difficult to do based on personnel when you're looking at the defense that this team has. And I'm not sure that they're strong enough. I'm not sure if they're experienced enough, smart enough. And I don't it's smart. That's not a fair term. It takes a lot of experience. The best team that ever ran this type of defense in recent memory is the Tampa Bay Lightning. When they had Victor Hedman leading the way at the back end, it was, yeah. it's hard to play that way. And you, I'll say this again. And I, the teams that are winning right now, the Boston Bruins, the Vegas Golden Knights, they defend first. They're outstanding hockey teams, but they defend. You watch how they defend the net front and see how often there's not a defenseman in front of the net for those two teams, Boston and Vegas. There is always, always a defenseman here. You see this system, and there could be two defensemen up the blue line, and Nick Schmaltz is all alone in front in front of the net. Like That, to me, doesn't equate for great defending, and that means your goaltender needs to be that much better. Now, I don't know if you can correct that now, but to me, you have to defend first if you want to win championships, period. And you need to defend first if you want to win games. How many times, Craig, did you hear Dave Tippett say, we need to win one nothing? Yep. Uh, that was the mantra. For years, we don't have enough offense. Marty Hansel was the number one center on this team when this team went to the 2012 um, Western Conference Finals. Marty Hansel? Marty Hansel's a three. I love Marty Hansel. Well, love him, but he's a three. Yeah. And he was a number one center on the team because that team defended incredibly well. And they won. So, yes, I, I, I think that it needs to be looked at. I think one of the things over the summer is you have to address all of your systems. If you continue to give up goals like this and these kind of chances, why? We did it every summer with Rick Tockett. What can we do better? What systems can we imply? We do this, but should we change something else? Should we go to a one one three? I I I don't know. Anyway... It'll be much closer scrutinized as this can team continues to get through this rebuild. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Let's take a look at the upcoming schedule to see where the Coyotes can lose games to advance in the tank standings. <laughs> the next game is a home game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Great. The game after that is a road game against the Colorado Avalanche at 4 p.m., followed by a home game at 2 p.m. against the Edmonton Oilers. The only possible win on this schedule is the Toronto Maple Leafs visiting on the 21st at 8 p.m. That is just rude. I mean, that's a guaranteed win, though. I mean, it, yeah, it is a guaranteed it win. It is a guaranteed win. So, Circle that one on your happy calendar because that's a the win. next win. Might it be might the be the next win. And straight losses before they win a game. Yep. I mean, and it was funny. I saw a lot of comments earlier about sign Scott Wedgwood. He's the streak enter. <laughs> yeah, the streak was, that's right. Get Wedgie back. He's done it twice. Get him back again. That would actually be that, legendary. Oh, like you just trade him. You just trade him yeah, for like for one, one day. Way. And then trade like, him back. Yeah, trade him back. He ends the streak. How about Ivan Prozvatov, Craig? Could have had him for free a week ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I was kidding. No, no, oh, no. Yeah. Aiden Hill drafted him, yeah. didn't they? Oh, he did. 
They did. Well, the uh, the Coyotes, we talked about it already, sixth worst record, and that moves them up in the tankathon. So I'm going to run a simulation. Again, if you want to participate and let us know can in I the do chat. It? Yeah, you can do it. Tankathon.com slash NHL. You have the controls, Petey. I know, but I forgot how to do it. I did it. Oh, no. I remember. I remember. Okay, I remember. Here we go. Just hold, hold, please. Um, standings. <laughs> Damon's hang like, on. what is happening? <laughs> Oh, just just hang on, Damon. This is where I take over the show. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Here it is. Da, 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 da. Ew, Ew, number two. Oh, number two. Look at uh, Arizona okay. Coyotes. Anaheim number one. The Arizona Coyotes move up four spots and are picking second in the 2024 NHL draft lottery. Yay, team. There we go. That's, that's excellent. That's where the fun is. Excellent. Book it, clip it. The draft simulator, the Coyotes move up to number two, picking second. That's way go. better because the Coyotes dropped in mine to seventh. So, Man, buddy, that was the highlight of the night. Dude, I feel better already. Can you <laughs> imagine if we're getting ready for the June draft at the Sphere, and the Coyotes are picking second? Yeah, buddy, I'm even wear a nice suit to the Sphere. Who's the owner of the team then? I don't know. That has yet to be determined. I yeah. think. Uh, okay, well, let's take a we, – we still have more to talk about, but let's take a look at the punch card. This is actually a crazy line. We haven't seen a line like this since, I think, the first season we were doing this show when things were looking bad. So, Damon, can we see the punch card? <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, yeah, no wins. This is a bad <laughs> – Bad, bad line. Carolina and Colorado to complete the line. Wow. Oh my God. Carolina and Colorado to when Leah, we, we have to go back into the archives and, and yeah. see if we have a complete line in the tape. We just have to go to game 82 the last no, two I years. Think, I think it's um that first, first the first line of the first yeah. season. Should be. Didn't they lose like eight straight to Yeah, start? they lost. No, they lost. Yeah, they lost 11. 10? 11. Yeah. They almost yeah, tied that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the whole first line, but that that might be the only time that it it has appeared. So, wow, wow. it's <laughs> like a it's like a meteor shower that only Carolina and Colorado mm-hmm. to finish. The the one good news here, though, if you're keeping track, after those two games, there are only three lines to go. So that's true. We, we that used to count these games down from like games. about game ten. We were waiting for that's the season. True. Now it's at least game fifty five. Hey. You know, sometimes it's good to see three of the same thing in a row because that yes. means you've won at ding, a slot ding, machine. Ding, ding, ding. I, for one, love a slot machine. I love playing the slots. Um, the Panda, if you know, you know. And all of these you can find at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Check it out if you've never been to Gila River Resorts and Casinos. I've been to the one Wild Horse Pass. They have a Kachita logo on the craps table. I feel like I always mention that. And not only that, uh, Gila River Resorts and Casinos, they have the, the casino floor, they have amazing restaurants, they have a sports book as well, plus the resort. So check it out, the weather, we're hitting that perfect time of year. Take a little staycation, treat yourself, go hang out, you do you, at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit playatgila.com for more details. They have alcohol. They have alcohol. They do. They do, which you need that. And then it's time to put the fun in your meal fiestas with Sombrero. Sombrero is family-owned and operated and was voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. Tacos, burros, chimneys, quesadillas, oh, and the breakfast burros are served all day long. Don't forget dessert, cinnamon crispies, churros, 
and your de dessert chimneys. With locations throughout the valley and Flagstaff, you're never far from delicious time-tested Sonoran-style recipes. Come check out their newest locations in Goodyear, Peoria, and at the I-17 in Joe Max. Or visit Sombrero's.com to find one near you. Let Sombrero's cater your next meal, big or small. Order online or find one near you by visiting Sombrero's.com. All right. Well, before we wrap up, um, there was some, I guess, news today mm -hmm. well there's been kind of news every day but this one had a little bit of a different ring to it because we've seen the coyotes scouting staff earn extensions today we saw a promotion um, and that's david ludwig got promoted to assistant general manager which is quite the title change for him craig you obviously know him better have more insight into his role and what he was doing he's also been a guest on this show um, uh, i highly recommend going back and watching that episode it was really insightful to learn more about what he does on a day-to-day -day basis um but craig i'll throw it over to you for this one yeah if you can get past his cu fanboyism you know in that show that i i really recommend it. i hope he's listening right now so he heard that <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't listen this is this is a job that is largely done behind the scenes and david ludwig does a lot more than people realize like including like preseason schedule he was a he had a big hand in planning the Australian trip that Leah and I t took without Petey because we didn't want him on the trip. Um, the truth comes out eventually. Um, but you, you talk about being their cap crew. He was a guy, he, he worked for Kurt Overhart with KO Sports in Denver for a long time, a well-known and very powerful, influential agent, learned on the job there. But he, he uh, you know, Kurt, when he took this job, I remember talking to Kurt and I was, Kurt's a, a, a very, uh, very practical guy and you don't get a lot of praise i guess out of kurt is what i would say man he gushed over david ludwig he was just gushing over what a great hire this was and if you talk to bill armstrong i think you'll come away with the the same impression just how much he's meant on that side of it with his legal knowledge um having gone to law school and of course with his ability to manage the cap, you, you look around and and I think a, a number of outlets do these stories every year. What are the worst contracts in the NHL? Coyotes had some for a while. They got rid of one when they traded Oliver Ekman Larson to the Vancouver Canucks. When you look at the job that David Ludwig has done managing this cap, there are no bad contracts. There's no bad contracts on the Coyotes books. They can't afford them. They can't afford any kind of mistakes with, with how tight they're going to be anyway and how little money they have to spend. But He's really dialed in here, and, and and you can understand why Bill Armstrong would have wanted to reward him. Bill said it. I think we have a clip coming from Raz uh, from, from the news conference today at the arena, so we can go ahead and roll that. Uh, he's one that uh, they constantly earned it and constantly uh, jumped up and above and succeeded uh, the expectations and, and uh, a lot of projects that we have. And when you do that, um, you know, you deserve to be promoted and have uh, a chance to go to the next level. And I've always felt like that happened to me. I went from, you know, a part-time employee to a full-time scout to a crossover to a head scout to assistant GM. So I've always felt like there's uh, people deserve it. They work hard and do a good job to be promoted. David, kind of the same question for you. Is this a role you ever saw yourself getting promoted into? Um, yeah, I mean that was always the goal when I when I took the job, right? There's uh, I I loved being on the agent side. I didn't have any complaints about the job, and I liked you know building the relationship with with kids at 13 years old and then seeing them you know play in the NHL. Um, but you know you can't win a Stanley Cup on that side, right? And 
um, you know, there's only such a, a high level you can get to. So to come over here to have that opportunity, um, you know, where I saw growth potential and, and to be able to have a meaningful impact on the organization, um, yeah, it was it, it was certainly a goal, and uh, I'm just you know thankful to be here and, and have it realized. One more for me. I don't mean to detract from you, David, but Bill, we announced uh, a number of extensions yeah. with your team this year, with, this week with Alan, Daryl, and Ryan. And I just wanted to ask your thoughts on why it was important to extend that team you're scouting for as well. Well, you know, there's, you know, with the arena, uh, you know, there's a lot of room, a lot of noise that surround the organization. Uh, for our employees, sometimes, you know, if you can have stability and they do a good job, reward them. Um, it really helps out, you know, and I've always felt like in my, in my previous jobs, uh, when our uh, the team I was with went through that, you know, uh, we were all geared around doing our jobs, not worried about do we still have a job and that was my main thought process of trying to create that stability uh, with people in the organization that have helped us take a, take a step and will continue to help us take even a further step becoming a championship organization interesting thoughts from bill there and that's that's going to be the topic to be honest of a, a story that i've got coming out on sunday looking at the hockey operations department as a whole um the fact that they, they extended Alan Heppel, who's the director of pro scouting, and I don't think people hear a lot about them. So I want to dive a little more into Alan, as well as Daryl Plandowski and Ryan Jankowski, two names that I think are familiar with the Coyotes fan base by now, and, and David Ludwig. When you're when you're at this point of the season, you've got all this arena news swirling around. That's negative. The team has set lost seven games in a row. You're looking for positives. Um this is still one of those positives. PD, you and I have been around the block a few times with this franchise and seen the hockey operations departments that were either maybe sometimes deficient in the personnel they needed or more often deficient in resources that they needed. It really feels for the first time like the Coyotes have not just an NHL caliber uh, hockey operations department. They have a really good hockey operations department with a lot of capable people. I, I want to dive into that because when, when you're talking about reasons to feel positive about the future, we talk a lot about the prospects, but this staff, you know, they're responsible for a lot of what's happening. I want to throw the development staff in there as well. I've got a prospect report coming out in, in a couple of days as well. They've really built a good hockey operations staff. So you hope now that the ownership piece can figure it out on the arena front because they really have put something special together. In my opinion, really, probably for the first time since the Maloney Tippett combo, and even then, they were just show, so short on resources that they couldn't complete the picture. This is the deepest staff they've had from the development side, from the draft to developing to getting them prepared for the NHL that they've ever had. It's just facts. I mean, Don Maloney didn't have the resources financially. John Chaika went a different direction. We're, 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 he had to limit those resources and had had most of those guys on video, uh, watching video. This is, a, this is a good staff. And if you want to take a positive from this show today, this is it. You know, when I talked to Bill and David at the arena this morning, I, I, I emphasized that the, on ice right now they're doing about as, as well as we expected them to do but now it's about the future and it yeah. it rests in the hands of these guys and we think it it's looked good their last few drafts and they're going their direction they're developing them the right way so i think this is the positive that people need to take away from today's show is this is the really good step in the right direction for development for the franchise just one more question on this before we move on um there was a question in the chat and i saw this earlier as well about the assistant general manager generally being the GM of the Tucson Roadrunners or, or the AHL team. Can you clear up 
that? Yeah, a lot of teams have multiple assistant GMs now. That's It's just a change, a shift in the NHL where it's not just one guy anymore. Fergie's still around. John Ferguson's still going to be that guy. But this is more about David Ludwig doing so many things and doing them well and Bill Armstrong saying, you earned it. You're, you're getting an, a new title. I, it, I, again, this is not unusual in the NHL these days to have more than one assistant GM, but David Ludwig absolutely earned this promotion. For sure. Well, Craig, you mentioned um, the article coming this Sunday on the subject. You mentioned your prospect report coming. That's for diehards only. Um, but you also published a piece today on the arena. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about the arena. I don't think you guys do either. No, but everyone should go read it because I thought it was extremely comprehensive going over everything that we could possibly talk about. Yeah, it was just that was that was my hope that I could just sort of collect everything that we know so far and then spin it forward a little bit toward okay, what's coming? What 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 is the quandary that Gary Bettman finds himself in? How does he figure all of this out. All of that I think is laid out as well as I can, not knowing certain things in that story. So please go read it. A lot of people have already. Uh, it, admittedly, I looked at the numbers and a lot of people are reading that story. But if you haven't, go read it. I think there are some things that you can take away from that. Of course, there are things that we still don't know. There are things that will be resolved over the next couple months. And Roaring Fork said that article wasn't clickbait and it wasn't too long. I'm <laughs> glad Roaring Fork, you a word count on Craig's articles now, which is probably appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, check that out and become a diehard while you're at it um, and support all of Craig's work and support us and get access to our Discord and 20% off merch and events. And all that good stuff. I don't need to say it, but we offer a lot of great value to becoming a diehard. So we hope you join our family. And as I think it was Ogie earlier in our Discord said, I hate to say this, but sometimes the Discord's more fun when the Coyotes are bad. Um, it's kind of true because we, we call this pack therapy right here, but the Discord is an always active pack therapy. So there you go. Um, but before we wrap up here, there was a tweet in the Coyotes sphere today, Coyotes Twitter. Do we have the tweet, Damon? Yes, we do. Um, Brendan at Timing Chalk said, I have a question for Coyotes fans and even opposing fans. If I started making signs to bring to the Coyotes games, would you guys support the Hockey Belongs in the Desert movement? So we want to hear from the chat, but I think this would be great if people had signs like this at games. But just wanted to put that out there, share it with the community here, and uh, amplify the word. And you can tweet at Timing Chalk on Twitter if you would like to participate. Yeah, you mentioned community. That's what it's all about, right? Like if if, if Coyotes fans, part of this community, want to show their support, I, I love things like that. I love organic developments like that where fans just decide to do something on their own. It's a way to come together. We talk a lot about community at PHNX Sports. It's a great example of it right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, <laughs> speaking of community, I saw some people in our chat talking about failed bets because of Nick Schmaltz um, over under in shots that that's that's tough. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's always a way to win money over at BetMGM. Honestly, goalie over and saves just the number of shots the Coyotes have been giving up. Maybe Coyotes under in shots on goal. That's, I'm sure, something you can bet on over at BetMGM. So check it out. Or you can stay away from hockey completely. You can bet on anything. Uh, 
pitchers and catchers are back baseball is around the corner we got the suns playing night in night out um so check it out bet mgm sign up for bet mgm use the bonus code phnx place your first bet mgm sportsbook wager through the bet mgm sportsbook mobile application for at least five dollars and you'll receive 150 dollars instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome check out the show notes for full details and now listen to david talk about the disclaimer Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877 hope and y or text hope and y 467 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21-plus to Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023-PUERTO-RICO Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. And then you'd need to grab yourself a Four Peaks because Four Peaks is the official beer of PHNX and sports aren't the same without a Four Peaks in hand. Four Peaks has the flavors to get anyone through a losing streak from the rich caramel flavor of the Kilt Lifter Scottish style ale to the subtle fruit of the wild wheat or the peach to the hoppy notes of the Hazy IPA or the brand new Bad Birdie Juicy Golden Ale, a collab between Four Peaks and Bad Birdie. Super drinkable and the perfect companion at the tea box or in your fridge and go to the 8th street pub for all your favorite four peaks brews on taps and stay for the chicken tendies visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all of your favorite beers and events check out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery you must be 21 or older to drink four peaks please enjoy responsibly all right well anything else before we wrap up they they've got to figure a way to get this black cloud out away from this team, and and I don't know what that's going to mean. I don't know, and I know a lot of people in the chat were talking about the arena thing affected. Hundred percent, it does. I don't know if it's going to be a message from from um, Mr. Morella needs to walk in the locker room and go, hey, go play hockey. We got this. Here's the progress. Here's what's going on. I don't know if that's happened or happening, but but he they need to hear it. Maybe that helps clear the air. Somebody's going to put this team and just go, hey, let's just go play hockey. Like, let's forget about the rink. Let's not let's not talk about Salt Lake City today. Let's not talk about Scottsdale in the one-on-one today. Let's just go play hockey. And they've got to find a way to get fun back in the room. And that's one thing Bear was always able to do is get guys happy about coming to the rink, and that's gone right now. And mm-hmm. I don't know how you get that back. I, I don't know if tomorrow is a Can-Am game. And what that used to be was when we had bad times in college hockey, you'd, you'd go to the rink, coach would throw a puck on the ice and say Canadians versus Americans, go play. And then the coaches would leave. And, and I think that that's to the point where you need to find something for these guys to grab onto where they can enjoy being at the rink again, because right now it's miserable. So hopefully they find a way to dig themselves out because it's just going to get tougher. Here's what I got. Sage and crystals. <laughs> Start smudging the mullet. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, then that's it from us today. We'll talk more about this tomorrow on our show at 2 p.m. We'll also just start to talk a little bit more about the the upside down, the other side of this, the draft. We're going to start talking about the 2024 NHL draft. So get ready because we're changing gears on tomorrow's show. That's 2 p.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so you never miss when we go live. You never miss any of the extra content. And make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts as well. We have weekly audio-only episodes um, every Every single week so if you don't want to miss those it's completely free to subscribe to your to the podcast um, and if you're here on youtube please hit the thumbs up button before you leave um, we need it for the moral support for pack therapy and all of that but you can follow each of us on twitter at craig s morgan at s peters hockey at leah merrill at damon dog but that's d-a-w-g and you can follow the show on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes 
Enjoy the rest of your night, everyone. It actually is approaching midnight. <laughs> and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye.